0: All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 2. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 6 through 7 tonight. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. Last week in Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon encouraged us to seek God's wisdom as one would seek, remember, hid treasure. And uh, in that study, we learned that God's wisdom is hidden. It's a hidden spiritual treasure that carnal eyes can't see. But when we cry out for this treasure, God will like using a treasure map, he'll lead us to the place where that treasure hidden. And we learned last week, the Bible says it's all hidden in Jesus Christ. In an earthly treasure map, at least traditionally, or not uh, not traditionally, but probably the old folk folklore or whatever, and, but on, on those maps, an X marks the spot, remember? An X marks the spot. But on the biblical treasure map, the cross marks the spot. And uh, and and the cross is where we have to dig if we want to become wealthy in spiritual things. And now tonight, as we continue forward in our study of this chapter, Solomon continues to encourage all people to hunt for spiritual wealth. Explaining in verse 6, if you'll look with me there. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Now if you'll take your pens and underscore the word giveth Giveth The Lord giveth wisdom. The Lord doesn't sell wisdom. The Lord doesn't barter wisdom. God doesn't say, well, you give me something that's valuable that you have, or that something that I want from you, or that I need from you, and then I, in return, will give my wisdom to you. That's not how it works. God gives wisdom the same way He gives salvation. Because wisdom is part of salvation. You have to be wise under the righteousness of God before you can be saved, right? You've got to have the wisdom of the cross before you can be saved. The wisdom to know you're a sinner. God's holy. You're unholy. So, all of it is grace. Every aspect of God's wisdom is grace, so God gives wisdom freely by his grace to those who need it now think about it when wisdom in chapter one was calling out offering her um, her her benefits to them, offering to give them wisdom, who was she calling out to in chapter one, inviting them to take of her wise counsel? she was inviting fools, wasn't she? She is inviting simple-minded people to come and take of her wisdom. So God gives wisdom to people who are foolish. Which means God gives wisdom to people who are morally and spiritually bankrupt. And this means God gives wisdom to people who have nothing to give Him in return. Just like forgiveness. He gives His wisdom to us out of His pure love for us. Because He wants us to enjoy the abundant life that only His wisdom can give us. When Solomon says the Lord gives wisdom, he's saying it's God's character to give wisdom to people. It's what God does. But later in this verse... Solomon says, and, and I'm tackling this here because later we're going to see that Solomon says God gives wisdom to the righteous. And so that may seem like a conflicting statement uh, to us and I don't want you to think it is. He gives wisdom freely. He offers it to the simple. Ye who are simple, turn in here. And so God doesn't give wisdom to... Unrighteous people. But it's not always. I mean he's, he, he doesn't give wisdom to unrighteous people. In one sense. But we have to understand. It's always available to unrighteous people. I want to clear this up. Make sure you understand. God doesn't give wisdom to unrighteous people. It's available for them. But it's not always given to them. Why? Why? Why doesn't God just give His wisdom to everybody? Just say, well, here, we'll give everybody the same amount of wisdom. And then what they do with it is their business. They'll all be wise. It just doesn't work like that. And here's why. If you're taking notes, write this down in your notes, your margin. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Jesus told us this. Get, now remember, the Lord giveth wisdom, but in Matthew 7, 6, Jesus said, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Last week, Brother Espaso sent me a precious photograph of him standing in front. Uh, 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 behind and had had the had the little gospel booklets. We sent him s- sitting out in front of him, and and he was so thankful for those gospel booklets. And to see him standing there with those gospel booklets uh, was uh, just a beautiful sight. And he, he said he couldn't wait to start uh, handing those booklets out so people could hear the gospel. And those booklets. You know, the title of it, of the booklets, is the most important message you'll ever hear. And those booklets do indeed contain the most important message that a man or a woman will ever read. They contain the message of God to his people. The gospel. And that means they are precious documents. They are that which is holy, you see. They're not about a football game or something that's going to pass with the earth. They contain the word of God and the message of God. And, and when I posted a photo of Brother Espeso standing with those booklets, people, whether on uh, our church announcement group or on, online, people began to rejoice that they had finally reached Brother Espeso in the Philippines. And they prayed for those who would eventually read them. My wife took that crazy dog of ours to the vet today. He's always got something going on with him. What if, instead of giving those gospel booklets to Brother Spaso, what if I'd have given them to my dog? And, and what if I would have posted a photo of my dog standing next to those gospel booklets and put it on Facebook and put, some of y'all are laughing right now and put it on the church announcement group. Just gave these gospel booklets to Ollie exclamation point. We all thought I'd lost my mind. Nobody who would have rejoiced at that. Nobody would have rejoiced at that. Why? Because the dog, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, Jesus said. The dog would have had no appreciation for their holy content. None. Brother Space, so he, he cherishes the holy content of the booklets. And he's going to work hard to put them to work for the kingdom of God. But if I would have given those booklets to our dog... And that dog, because of his unspiritual nature, he would have chewed, torn, wallowed on, and I kid you not, he would have eaten those booklets. He would have. He eats paper. He would have eaten them. He would have failed to have seen the spiritual treasures that they are. And this is why we do not take that which is holy and give it to the dogs. He said don't take your pearls. And cast them before swine. He says if you do. They're going to trample over. They're going to come back and tear you to pieces. In East Texas we have a lot of wild hogs. And if you know anything about hogs. You know a herd of hogs can tear a man apart. Unless it's Brother Shepherd. Totally different story. But the average man they'd tear apart. And Gentlemen. If you took and you, you had a beautiful string of true, of real pearls, beautiful pearl necklace, if Brother Rick were to take a pearl necklace and walk up behind Sister Glenda one day and kiss her on the neck and loop that beautiful pearl necklace around her neck and tell her he loved her, she'd probably be like the rest of you ladies. She'd probably cherish that necklace, cherish those pearls. And, uh, and and enjoy them for a whole life. But if you took those same pearls. If Brother Rick took those same pearls. And he walked out to a herd of swine. A herd of wild hogs. And he walked out there. And he went up to one of those boars. And threw it out there. And thinking that boar would enjoy it. And they would appreciate him. And they would all love him. Well. I guarantee you. Those hogs would not appreciate those pearls at all. And they sure wouldn't appreciate Brother Rick. He'd gain no favor with those hogs at all. They would perceive no value in those pearls. And they would perceive no value in him for giving them to them. None. And those swine, with those pearls laying out there, they'd be like the dog I used to have when I'd plant a garden. I'd worked so hard to till and plant and be such a beautiful garden. And that dog with no, no perception whatsoever, just walk right through that garden, just trample right over. everything. He wasn't trying to harm me. He just perceived no value in those whatsoever. He'd tear my garden up. And those hogs would perceive no value in those pearls. And like Jesus said, he'd trample over them. And having no appreciation for the person who put the pearls there. Because they perceive no value in the pearls. After they trampled over them. Like they would trample over grass or any twig or mud or whatever else was there. They can distinguish no difference between the two. And they're going to turn and run over and tear Brother Rick to pieces. with their teeth. And so in the same way God does not give that which is holy to the dogs. He doesn't take his pearls and cast them before swine. He doesn't take that which is holy and give it to people who have no appreciation, no desire for holy things. If a man doesn't desire God's wisdom, that means he doesn't believe what God says about his wisdom. And if he doesn't believe what God tells him about it, then he's not going to, by faith, receive it. He can't. He doesn't believe it. And if he doesn't receive it, then he's never going to what? He's never going to utilize it. So we don't waste our pearls on a herd of swine. And God doesn't waste his wisdom on a group of people who see no value in what he has to give them. He's not going to do it. It's a poor investment on our part, and it'd be a poor investment on his part. Far poor. But to those who lift up their voice, even though they're bankrupt, even though they don't have any wisdom at all, even though they don't have anything to give God in exchange for it, to those who lift up their voice for the wisdom of God, God will give it to them. Solomon said, look back in your text, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now, I don't want you to miss this. Where does knowledge and understanding come from? Excuse me? out of his mouth they come from the mouth of the lord and how do we hear those words that wisdom how do we hear that from god's mouth that's right brother shepherd we hear those words from the bible where they've been recorded for us. Now, if you'll look back with me in chapter 1, okay? You you may not even have to turn the page, depending on on the format of your Bible. But if you'll look back in Proverbs chapter 1, look with me in verse 1 through 4. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And what were those Proverbs for? To know wisdom and instruction To perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. In chapter 1... Solomon said the Proverbs were given to us for the purpose of us gaining wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And now in chapter 2, Solomon tells us that this knowledge and understanding comes from the mouth of God. So knowledge and understanding come from the mouth of God. And knowledge and understanding come from the Proverbs. In chapter 1, you get the knowledge and understanding from the Proverbs. In chapter 2, you get the knowledge and understanding from the words of God. Out of His mouth it comes. You can put the two together. <laughs> so if, if knowledge and understanding comes from the mouth of God, and we receive knowledge and understanding from these Proverbs, then we are hearing The book of Proverbs. And when we do so. We're hearing. From the mouth of God. And this is a fine example. Of the Bible. Bearing witness to itself. This is internal testimony. From the Bible. That the Bible is God's word. The Proverbs. Is commenting on the Proverbs. And saying you get the wisdom. You get the knowledge. You get the understanding. From these Proverbs. But it comes from God's mouth. Wow. And when we study these two chapters together. Side by side. As we just did. We can only walk away with one conclusion. And it's this. The Proverbs were written by Solomon's hand. But they were given by God's mouth. The Proverbs were written by Solomon's hand. But they were given by God's mouth. And it is that same principle with every scripture in the Bible. The, for the Proverbs, for the prophets, for the evangelists in the New Testament, and the uh, epistles from the apostles. If you want knowledge and understanding, then listen to God's words and Solomon's writings. For in those writings, verse 7, he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He layeth up sound wisdom. And that word in Hebrew has the idea of substance. Substance. God's wisdom isn't pie in the sky philosophy. God's wisdom isn't rainbows and unicorns. There's, there's a lot of advice out there that sounds good, but it doesn't hold water. There's a lot of conventional earthly wisdom that sounds really good at the time But it will prove bad in the end. 30 years ago, Ukraine had a nuclear arsenal. But they were told that if they'd give up their nuclear weapons, other countries would protect them and Russia wouldn't invade them. And apparently, to the people in that generation, it sounded good at the time. How does it look now? I bet they would enjoy having those nuclear weapons today, wouldn't they? I bet they wouldn't have been invaded. But basically what they did, they traded... Nuclear weapons for a piece of paper. But you can't win a war shooting spit wads. So the piece of paper is useless. The weapons were substance. They were real. They were a true, tangible defense for freedom. The paper, as they have now found out, was useless. And God's wisdom is not like the piece of paper. It's not just words you hear and hand to someone. It's not some worthless, feel-good message. It is an arsenal of substantive value. It is solid. It is something you can stand on. It's something that will hold you up and support all the weight you place on it when you really need it. When times are really tough, the Word of God is sound wisdom. Solid. God lays up this sound wisdom for the righteous people who realize its value and seek Him for it. When Solomon says that God lays it up for us, he's saying that, that God stores it up for us, that He's keeping it in a safe place for us. That's what it means in, in the Hebrew, where it can't be lost or depleted from His treasury. If you want the wisdom of God, then rest assured, there is wisdom in God's storehouse right now with your name on it. And even if God hands out wisdom by the truckloads to everybody else, the supply He has laid up for you will never be diminished. It's laid up for you. Stored up. He stored it up for you because, look back in the text, he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. And a buckler is a shield. If, if you're talking about weaponry or, or the military sense, uh, a buckler is a shield, but it can also mean a protector. A protector, which a shield does. It does protect. So the Hebrew word can also be translated to refer to the scaly hide on the back of a crocodile. Something that offers protection. So the idea here is that God lays up for us sound wisdom because he is our shield and our protector from that which would otherwise harm us. If you'll look back here in verse um, 7. Notice after the word righteous. Do you see that full colon there? The two dots? And, And so after that full colon there it says he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. And so the sentence begins by saying, He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous, full colon. And then there is, after this colon, this statement comes, and the colon is there to let us know that the statement that comes after it, there is a direct connection between God laying up sound wisdom for us and God being a shield and a buckler for us. Make sense? That's what the colon's for. Two separate independent thoughts, but they're connected together. Why does God lay up sound wisdom for us? Because He's a buckler. He's a shield. And the point is this. Where does the sound wisdom come from? It comes from His mouth. So the point is this. If we apply the wisdom of God that comes from His Word, the Bible, in our lives, then that Word will protect us. From the unnecessary damage that's so often experienced in people's lives by foolish and unwise behavior. That's what it's talking about. That's why God lays it up. There are painful consequences that many of us here tonight and many watching online will experience for the rest of our lives as a result of some unwise choice that we made when we were young. Anyone like that in here? My hands up. Almost everybody raised their hand. But if we would have been wise, had had, had we taken God's wisdom and, and applied it from God's word, then God's wisdom would have protected us from those painful, lifelong consequences. If we would have only sought and applied the wisdom of God when we were young, God would have shielded us from all the pain and the damage that we experience today. God lays this wisdom up for us because He loves us. And he wants to protect us. Oh, if only we could get young people to reach into the storehouse and see the, the true riches that are therein, that are freely given to us. But perhaps a, a couple of the words in this verse uh, may, again, have caused some people concern. Solomon said, He layeth up sound wisdom for who? The righteous. And and, and having, I can just picture the devil messing with someone's mind here, as he always does. And perhaps you or somebody um, having a low opinion of themselves are afraid that that God maybe has not laid up sound wisdom for you. So, well, maybe I'm not righteous. Perhaps you think that God is everybody else's buckler, but he's not designated himself to be your buckler because you are not one of the, the righteous that walk uprightly. So let's clarify this and then we'll close tonight. The word uprightly here means straight. Straight. If a person walks straight, then that means they're not veering off to the left or to the right. So here's the idea, okay? You've got God's Word here. And God's Word, because God is true, He's he, God is upright, His Word is a complete straight line. So as we walk in our Christian life, the idea is this. That we are to have God's word before us. And as we make decisions, each decision is a step that we take. We, the Bible says, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be established. Okay? So here I am. I'm going to make a decision in life. I ponder the path of my feet. Which direction am I going to go? I look here in God's Word. I see what it says. I walk accordingly. I make my decision according to Scripture. I have another decision, another decision. Now, what am I doing? I'm walking straight. I'm walking according to God's Word. I'm walking uprightly. Now, if sometime during my life journey, which we all do, as I'm making my decisions, let's say that I get to here and I do like a lot. And I don't make a decision based on God's Word and His wisdom. I make a decision based on the desires of my flesh. What did I just do? I just went this way, didn't I? I veered. I didn't walk upright. I didn't walk straight. I veered off to the left. That's why the Bible says don't go to the left hand or to the right. That's why it's talking about. Keep straight according to His Word. And so God lays up sound wisdom for those people who walk that straight line. If you could... Uh, uh, think of it like that, okay? And, and let me let me I- explain here. Um, God's a buckler than that. Walk uprightly, and and uh, and so if you're going to walk straight here, uh, then we have to understand that uh, it's not that God has wisdom in some lockbox, and it's not that if we follow His word good enough. Okay, picture this. I've got the Bible back in my hand. And it's not that wisdom is at the end of, or or, or placed so many feet down the road here. And if I keep walking according to His Word, good enough, I keep walking uprightly, I finally get here, and here's a little lockbox. And God says, okay, you walk good enough, long enough, here's your little wisdom. Now do a little bit more, and then I'll give you some more down the road. That's not how it works. He gives wisdom to those who walk uprightly. OK, and, and uh, so he's not giving wisdom because you walked up rightly. But as you walk uprightly, you're getting wisdom. Does that make sense? Because you're making decisions based on the word he gives you. So it's not like he has wisdom locked up. And if we follow his word good enough and long enough, he's going to reward us with a little wisdom every now and then. And, and, and then he'll be our shield. But only after we prove ourselves to be good enough for him to protect. No, God's wisdom is not locked away. His wisdom comes from his mouth. It is in the word of God itself. So I believe Solomon is saying that those who follow God's word enjoy God's protection that's found in the wisdom therein. Make sense? Those who follow God's word, that is, walk uprightly, enjoy the protection of God's wisdom which is found therein. You can't give wisdom to someone if they don't walk uprightly. Why? Because if I'm not going to make my decisions according to God's word, then I don't believe what God's Word has to say about that particular circumstance. I'm going on what I think about it instead. I wisdom can't be given to me because I'm not accepting it by faith. If I'm making this if, if If God over here says, Richard, you need to do A, and my gut over here says, man, I really think B is a good thing right here, and I know what the Bible says, but I step and I do B instead, what did I just do? That was unbelief. Unbelief can't receive. We all receive grace, how? By faith. Remember when Moses disobeyed God and he struck the rock twice? Well he did he not know what to do? Yes, he knew what to do. But he went and struck the rock anyway. And what did God say? He said, Because you didn't believe me, it all everything, every bit of obedience comes down to faith. And so you can't walk uprightly without faith. Wisdom can't be given. Without faith. And so it has to be as you're believing God. And walking in step with his word. Those who don't follow God's word. But they veer away from it. They shall not enjoy God's protection. That's found in the wisdom. That they walk away from. The righteous people. Who walk uprightly. Are those who walk according to scriptures. You can be righteous by your faith in Christ. You can be justified and righteous. By your faith in Christ. And that will shield you from hell. That'll be a buckler for you to keep you from going to hell. But if you, a child of God, like Lot, for example, or like Peter, for example, when he betrayed or denied Jesus, if you, as a child of God, if you veer away from Scripture and you make an unwise decision in your life, then you will walk unprotected into the consequences of your own foolish decisions. Does that make sense? You will go to heaven, but you will reap what you've sown. There is sound wisdom laid up for us in God's word. But we must walk in the word of God to be shielded by the wisdom therein. So hopefully that uh, explains these verses for you tonight. And God willing, we'll take back up in uh, verse 8. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah, verse 8 next Wednesday night. Any questions or comments? All right. We'll go ahead and close the word of prayer. And Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday morning. We'll get into Titus chapter 1. Looking forward to getting into that book and digging deep in there and and being able to compare it to the book of Jude and, and enrich that even more. Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you for those who came tonight. We pray for those, Lord, who are unable to come homebound or sick, Lord. Or, and uh, we, we pray or, or, or through distance, Lord, we pray for every one of them. And we're grateful for those who came tonight and we pray for a safe trip home for them. We pray for recovery, Lord, for our members who are ill or, or out of town traveling, Lord, I believe, like Miss Mary. And Father, we love you so much. And I pray, Lord, that we will be those people who walk uprightly. We want your sound wisdom. We want to stand on it. We want to step on it. And we want the benefits of you being our buckler. Lord God, there's so many dangerous places to walk. Help us to not walk according to our flesh, but according to your spirit, which is according to your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen.